Hello, I'm Dan Mullins, and welcome to my Camino, the podcast. Just before we begin this week, I want to let you know I've created a Patreon page. I've been presenting the podcast for more than two years now, and I do all the work myself, the production, the scripts, the editing. And I had dinner with some pilgrims last month, and they all said, Dan, you should have a Patreon page. It's live now. You can sponsor me to help me continue bringing you pilgrim stories from around the world. Now, don't worry. I've decided not to put my podcasts behind a paywall, so they will continue to be free and accessible as if nothing's changed. But if you are inclined to sponsor me, I'm asking for the equivalent of a cafe con leche a week, one of those magic little coffees that fuel the soul on the Camino. Take a look at danmullinsmusic.com or patreon.com forward slash danmullins. There's a link in the podcast notes too. Sorry for interrupting your weekly dose of Camino love. Let's get to the podcast and this week's guests. And you might just notice a new intro, an outro. Thanks, Patrick Rawson, for the suggestion. So let's go, pilgrims. Hola. This podcast is called My Camino because I interview pilgrims about their Camino. El Camino is a series of walks across Europe, and the pilgrims aim to arrive in the Spanish city of Santiago de Compostela, where, we're told, the remains of Christ's Apostle St. James are in a silver casket beneath the cathedral in the town square. In my previous 100-plus interviews, pilgrims talk about their experience, their renewal, their Camino. I'm no expert. I'm a conduit for others to tell their stories. Listen to this quote from the American author L.M. Browning from her book Seasons of Contemplation, a book of midnight meditations. The purpose of a pilgrimage is about setting aside a long period of time in which the only focus is to be the matters of the soul. Many believe a pilgrimage is about going away, but it isn't. It is about coming home. Those who choose to go on pilgrimage have already ventured away from themselves and now set out in a longing to journey back to who they are. Many a time, we believe we must go away from all that is familiar if we are to focus on our inner well-being, because we feel it is the only way to escape all that drains and distracts us, allowing us to return inward and tend to what ails us. Yet, we do not need to go to the edges of the earth to learn who we are, only the edges of ourself. My guest this week is an Australian pilgrim, Garth Jones. Let's cross to the pair of us sitting on a park bench having a yarn. We are sitting here in the park beneath the Sydney Harbour Bridge looking out across at the Opera House. It's the day after Australia Day. It's a picture-perfect Sydney day. Garth, welcome. Hello, Dan. Hello, everyone. You're a pilgrim. Let's start with a question many pilgrims ask one another. Why did you walk the Camino de Santiago? Um, I first heard about the Camino, I was in church, it uh, must have been about oh, 20 years ago, and uh, one of the parishioners got up, she told about her journey, showed some photos, and it kind of stuck in my head, and I thought, I'd like to do that one day, and then um, when I, uh, 2014, or it would have been 2013, um, I was discussing with my fiance at the time about honeymoon plans, and she'd read something in, in an article in one of the magazines, and thought, you know what, I'd, I'd like to do that, and as soon as she mentioned it, I grabbed onto it, both hands very quickly before she could change her mind. And um, yeah, we did two, um, two weeks, Leon to Santiago in 2014. 
and then after doing that I thought I've got to come back and do this whole thing so um, yeah last year April and May I did it over um, 30 days the whole Camino Frances yes from uh, St. John to um, Santiago you and I live in here in Sydney it's a beautiful city with everything you could possibly want at your front door why did you seek a, a simpler uh, a simpler journey uh, I I work uh, I would say two and a half jobs at, at that time I was um, had a full-time job then I had a nights and weekend job and then I also did um, one week a month on call um, at ungodly hours so I just needed simplicity I didn't want to be answering a phone or answering texts or anything I just wanted to basically pick up my bag head off and, and focus on me I suppose tell us about the, the first walk from Leon to Santiago and then coming home and saying oh no no I have to go back what was that feeling like that calling uh, gee um, I'm not sure it was just it just always gnawed at the back of my mind it was just I just enjoyed it. It was kind of, it was the first two weeks of our um, of our honeymoon. Had another three weeks after that. So that whole time was walking, and the rest of the time was just eating carbs and putting on all the weight I'd lost. Um, but yeah, got back to Sydney, and it always just it was just in the back of my mind, just ticking over. And I didn't have any substantial leave to to do it. And then. Um, I kept applying for leave at my job time and time again. It kept getting knocked back, knocked back. So my leave kept getting bigger and bigger. And then I thought, stuff this, put in five-week lot. It got approved. And I'm like, oh, what the hell am I going to do with five weeks? And then I thought, the Camino, let's do it. So that's how I um, ended up going last year. How do you describe the Camino to people who ask about it? A bloody long walk. But um, <laughs> but it's, it's so much more than that. It's just, um, it's simplicity. Uh, it's purifying it resets your your opinions your views on things um it's just it's just sensational it's the um it's the greatest adventure i've ever had and um yeah that, that would be in a nutshell how i'd explain it tell us about walking with a blue stone in your pocket uh yeah so um someone very dear to me suffers um anxiety and depression so um my intention was to to carry that stone uh, carry some of that burden and lay it at the, at the foot of, of Cruz de Ferro to, um, so, I mean, the symbolism is pretty obvious. Um, but I, I, yeah, I just, I walked with that intention in mind because I've, I've never experienced depression and anxiety before, but um, I used to think, oh, panic attacks were just, just make-believe or, or not, as, not as bad as they actually were. But once I saw it firsthand and saw how debilitating it was, I, I understand fully and, um, that's why when I heard um, Noel, was it, the other week, yeah. um, and heard your interview, I, I reached out and just said it was a great interview because I, 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 I was touched by that. And um, actually when I got back, I listened to you on my long runs, and when I got back I uh, got back home, I reached out to the person and said, look, if, you, if you're ever feeling um, in your deepest, darkest days, um, call out to me and, um, yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Yeah, that was an extraordinary interview with Noel. His story uh, really touched a lot of people, to be honest. And his message was, if, if, and if you haven't heard the interview, I urge you to do. So Noel Braun, about three or four episodes ago, when his wife sadly took her own life, suffered a life of depression, and he said, uh, just check on people, yeah. just reach out. It was a lovely message, wasn't it? Exactly. And, I mean, how, how, you couldn't get any more heartfelt than what he said. No. So the cruise to Ferro uh, was a special event? Special moment? Um, 
It was, it was, but at, at the same time, it wasn't as moving for me as, as it might be for other people. For what reason, I don't know. But I woke up that morning, it was a very misty, foggy morning. I walked through the fog and, and reached the top and the, and the cross came out of a fog and just laid my stone and said a prayer and, and had a moment and, and then continued on. Um, I mean, I didn't feel any unburdening or lightening of my own, but as I said, I was walking for someone else kind of thing. It was not my intention, so hopefully they felt lighter. But, um, but yeah, I just picked up my pack and, and kept walking. You said to me that you host historic tours in the rocks in Sydney, yep. just over the back here from where we are, the oldest part of the city and somewhere I perform gigs regularly. Mm-hmm. You said, perhaps you'll one day hear somewhere along the way the Camino <laughs> song drifting down the street. So it prompted me to, to write the question here, did you find what you were looking for, do you think? Uh, yes, and I didn't really know what I was looking for, but um, I started out and I, I had an open mind, and um, one morning um, I, was, I, left, I left ages, and I was walking out, up, and I walked up a goat track at Atapuerca, and there was, a, there was a crucifix, and the sun was coming up behind me, and it was sent, a, sent the shadow out and formed a cross on the ground, so I walked over and stood where X marked the spot kind of thing and I, I looked back out where I'd come and, and suddenly I was just hit by something, a voice, my inner monologue, whatever it was, and it just said, you're on the right path. And um, I didn't know that that's what I was looking for at the time, just someone to tell me, you're on the right path or what you're doing is right. But when I heard it, I immediately knew that it was not my own inner monologue or, or it, was some, it was either something bigger or maybe I was more susceptible giving the atmosphere on the Camino but as soon as I heard it I didn't doubt it I didn't I've heard voices I had my own inner monologue before and I just doubted it and pushed it aside but this one struck me I couldn't push it away and I just got told you're on the right path and and for me it turns out that's what I was looking for so um yeah I have that's really interesting what you just said there that you often hear you're in a monologue you hear that inner voice and you just push it away, push it aside and ignore it why I, I don't. I'm, I'm a bit of a bit of a dreamer. I always think things up, but I never um, see things through. I've, I've um, kind of a lot of my decisions. I think growing up and 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 whatnot have been made based on fear, and that's one thing I learned on the Camino: just not to not to fear and not to be afraid. Um, so, yeah, I think I just talk myself out of things usually. Um, just don't listen to that voice. But this one, it was it was unavoidable. Um, like I said, maybe I was just more susceptible to it um, or there was something greater behind it, but it was certainly loud and clear and I just couldn't, couldn't doubt this one. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I used to watch a show when I was a boy called Batfink. Okay. It was a cartoon. He was a bat with wings of steel and his arch enemy was a guy called Hugo Ogogo. Batfink was a fearless crime fighter alongside his associate Karate. And he used to say, Your bullets cannot harm me. My wings are like a shield of steel. And he used to say to his arch enemy, if you go, I go, you go, a go, go. <laughs> Tell us about your blog, Camino, a go, go. Uh, I knew where that was leading. Um, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm a bit of a dag and I thought that name was hilarious. So um, it just stuck. And um, yeah, look, I just, I started writing it because uh, I, I, well, I kind of challenged myself. I said, I gave myself three challenges on the walk. I'm going to write about each day because I'm not really... I've never been one of a di- much of a diary keeper, so I thought you're going to write about something each day. You're going to take one one photo each day, 
and um, you're not going to listen to any music as you walk, which is a big thing for me because music's one of my passions. So um, I started writing just namely because of that challenge and also just to let the people home know what was going on without having to tell the same story 15, 16 times. Um, and then I'd, I'd read some of them to, um, I guess you'd say, my Camino family at night sometimes, just a couple of the girls. I'd, I'd read the read what I was about to post and they liked it and then um, just kind of kind of gained momentum from there and um, I got back and my sister had actually um, taken my blog and turned it into a bound book for me for my birthday and I gave that to a couple of people including my dad who um, I mentioned earlier to you is, is my harshest critic and he loved it um, so I thought if, if he likes it then there must be an audience out there so I just I'm just starting to con- I'm planning my next Camino and I thought I'm going to document the whole thing from Godawo not just from the doorstep of St John to um, Santiago so you mean the whole journey from the whole journey, right? From from planning to um, to walking it to um, yeah, finishing it. So that's that's my next um, next adventure. And the subheading is eat, sleep, walk, repeat. <laughs> it's a pretty simple formula, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's based on a, on a song, eat, sleep, rave, repeat. And I thought, once again, being a dag, I thought that was hilarious. So I just um, went with that. But it pretty much sums it up in a nutshell. So yeah, yeah. It's a simple life. Exactly. Tell us about Captain Bly. In Fonsabaden. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, that was an interesting night. I um, I enjoyed the um, parish one, uh, parish albergues in like uh, Granyon and Tosantos. And I thought, yeah, I'd like to like to do one in the mountains. So I I, I went to that one, and um, we we're told dinner's going to be, I think, at six thirty. Um, everyone's got to pitch in. So I thought, yeah, no problems, we can do that. So we all went into the kitchen, and he pretty brusquely told us to get out. <laughs> So we went out, and then he came out, and I think he said dinner's about to be served. Sit around the table. So we sat down, and then he came back out and said, "No, no, everyone up on one side of the table, kind of like the Last Supper kind of thing." I'm like, okay, no problems. So we did that. Then he comes back out, and he goes, "No, no, wrong." <laughs> forced us all into the bunk room, and we're all huddled in the bunk room, thinking, "What the hell is going on?" And it was at this time um, one of the one of the guys. He was a fiery half Italian, half Spanish fellow. He um. He had enough and he went out and started having words with him and a big argument ensued and um, the, um, the hospitalero stormed out and he stormed in and he's like, we've got to report this guy to the authorities, blah, blah, who's with me? And I'm just like, I just want to have my dinner, go to bed and get the hell out of what I call the faulty towers sketch. Um, so, yeah, that's exactly what I did. I had two courses of soup, um, picked up my bag the next morning and got the hell out of there. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, you don't know what he was about. What was the fly was in his under his bonnet? To this day, I don't know what the hell it was, but um, I, I thought he might have wanted his own kind of surprise birthday party. He wanted us to burst out of the um, bunkhouse, but oh, it was just it was odd. It was the only time I experienced something like that, and um, yeah, it was it was good fodder for the blog anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, it's a good yarn. And you talk a lot about Samos. I love Samos. And the icing on the cake, you say, was the monastery mm. dating back to the 6th century and one of the oldest monasteries in the Western world, which also happens to be, you write, where I'm sleeping tonight. It's not often you get to say that. And you say, I was also pleasantly surprised to find that the monastery had hot showers, which means rather non-monastic to me, but I sure as hell wasn't going to bring it up. Another benefit is that I can now say to another albergue with a cold shower, I've stayed in 1,500-year-old monasteries with better hot water systems than this shithole. Ben- <laughs> my benefits just keep adding up. And you say, better still, Camino, hell yeah, 
Discovering the bar across from the monastery has a wicked vinyl collection. It's pumping surf guitar covers of the classic. I love that bar. I've been to that bar three times. I've been to that bar three times. When we went back to shoot the video for somewhere along yeah. the way, I went, made a point there of going go. in that bar. I sat there all night listening to their... To their it was sensational. Th- it is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It was just so odd. Like, I walked into town. There's the big monastery. There's a petrol station attached to it. And it's rather oddly. And then this little hole in the wall across the road. So I walked in there and, lo and behold, I had the great record collection. So it was in excess as well. They, they had the whole yeah. entire in excess yeah. collection. Yes, yeah, so it, was, it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I stayed for a couple of beers there. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah, they, the, we were there one, uh, one night and in 2016 and they had the local uh, providors mm-hmm. were, were, were putting on uh, a night for all of the local restaurateurs and bars and stuff upstairs. Mm-hmm. So the, the owner came down, and all the pilgrims were downstairs in the bar, and he said, here, here, all this food is left over. He just brought out all this food for all the pilgrims, put it out on the table. But it was the best of the best produce from yeah. all around the area. It was a wonderful night. It was absolutely, yeah, yeah it was a wonderful night. Uh, so did you walk from El Sobrero to Samos? Yes, yeah, I did. And that's uh, actually from, um, is it Via Franca del Bierzo, yeah. just before that? Um, that's pretty much my favourite stretch, from, from Via Franca right through El Sobrero down to, um, down to Samos. I wasn't supposed to stay in Samos. I was going to stay in um, uh, Tria Castella. Yeah. But I'd stayed there on my previous Camino, so I thought, oh, legs feel good, I'll do something different and headed out to Samos. And I'm glad I did because that was, that was sensational. Yeah, walking over that little rise and you see it through the, you see the monastery through the forest to the right is yeah, really spectacular. Absolutely. And I was absolutely shattered by that, that, by that <laughs> stage. Um, coming down from Osobrero, my knees were, knees were hurting yeah, me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was a very welcome sight. What makes the Camino so special? Uh, I think seeing people at their best. Um, I think everyone is just, as I said, at their best. They're willing to help. They're looking out for everyone. Um, they're open. They're, we're willing to chat. They're willing to sh- share experiences and stories um, over some great food and some great wine. It's, um, yeah, I think, I think that, would, that would be it for me. And have you brought home a sensibility, a, a pilgrim's sensibility with you? Is, is that something that you, that sort of spirit lingers with you now each day? Yes, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I haven't, as, as some pilgrims say, got back and gone through their wardrobe and thrown everything yeah. out and, and simplified. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm guilty in that department. But um, no, I definitely have. Um, I, I, I've come back and my attitude on things are just different. Um, when, when I was on the Camino, there was a moment where I knew I was in the Camino. When um, I was just before Osobrera, I was walking up, and you come to this little glade where the path kind of bends up. It's just yeah. as you're heading up that dirt track, yeah, yeah. and there was this little ramshackle building, um, and someone had written on there, "I wish the whole Camino was like this instead of dusty roads in industrial areas and blah blah blah." And I looked at that, and I, I said to myself out aloud, "Well." Without going through all that, you wouldn't appreciate this. This what you've got right here. And as soon as I said that, I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm, I'm in the Camino. Um, so I've kind of brought that back with me and, and had that attitude. And um, also, I don't really worry about things until they're in front of me. Like I could w- have worried about the hill in Osobrero for days if I wanted to, but I didn't worry about it until it was there. 
And then when I'm in the moment, I'm thinking this isn't too bad. And once you reach the top, you're like, well, that wasn't too bad. And I kind of use that metaphor for life when I'm kind of going through something that's difficult. Just like, well, don't worry about it until you hit it. Once you hit it, you'll probably find it's not as bad when you're in the moment. And once you're there, it's like you appreciate, you appreciate the um, good stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. And so you would have learned, I think, a little bit more about yourself then through via that journey. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just as that lesson I just mentioned, but as I was speaking about before, just not a lot of my choices or decisions were made based on fear, but I, I'm now like, I, I don't. I don't have that anymore. I'm not afraid to do something that takes me out of my comfort zone or, or challenges me. And um, so it's, it's definitely definitely gotten to me and changed my opinion on a lot of things. Do you expect to, because to you, you're going back, and we're going to get to that in a little while, but do you expect to feel the same way next time? And you, you went very much with a, with a devotion, that is, you'd know music and taking a photograph each day and you're going to blog and I know you're going to write about the entire journey this time, but do you expect to feel the same sort of, simple freedom oh definitely definitely the simple freedom um but i'm going to be doing it this time with my my mum um t-rex uh (laughs) and maybe my sister so uh it'll be different because i'll i won't be i'll have them to consider as well um but i also get to see it through for a first time through their eyes so i still get some of the some of that sense of excitement and, and awe but, but in saying that I'm, I'll be doing Portugal so um, it's part I haven't seen before so it will be new for me as well yeah you mentioned uh, before we began the interview I said is is your mum like training is she is she out and about you know walking a lot and what did you tell me she'll probably kill me for this but um <laughs> she I was talking to her the other day um she's have a treadmill and she used to walk or run on the treadmill and then the treadmill broke so instead of fixing the treadmill, I've, I've found that she seems to, every morning she runs on the spot for an hour whilst reciting her prayers. Um, and I, I stayed over uh, around Christmas and it, early in the morning I heard this dum 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 from upstairs <laughs> and it, it, it was mum and um, she was keeping a cracking pace. So um, I figure that she must be running about 10k every day. So um I think she's ready for it. <laughs> I, I think she's, um, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be an issue for her. That's just absolutely fantastic. I mean, me. running on the spot for an hour a day. Can Sorry, you imagine? That's really quite, it's quite the image, I have to say, as well. I know, I know. She's, um, she's an interesting woman. <laughs> Love you, Mum. <laughs> now, did you walk alone, by and large? Uh, I know the, the first time you were on your honeymoon, but the second time did you walk alone? Uh, yeah, second time I did walk on my own. Uh, so the first time, yeah, I did it as part of my honeymoon. Um, but I went through a divorce in 2015, 16. Um, so this time it was just me. I, I asked people and they said, yeah, um, let's do it. But as the day drew closer, they dropped off, which um, didn't bother me because I kind of wanted to go and do it by myself. So so this time I started on my own, but... As soon as I left those, uh, left um, St. John, I met two American guys, then um, hitched up with a um, Pommy guy as well and walked for three days and separated from them, picked up another crew um, further on and walked with them for about a week to ten days. Um, and I'm, that's one thing I discovered on, on the Camino. I'm a lot, more, um, a lot more extroverted than I thought I was. And um, so just... I'd chat to people um, on the way and, and that was part of not having the headphones in as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, I'd started on my own but was never alone. Yeah. And did you, did you see or notice change in those around you? 
Oh, definitely. Um, the one lady uh, sticks out in particular. Um, I got to, I think it was Los Arcos, and I was, it was um, Flemish um, albergue there. And I was in line waiting for the next person, and this lady from New Zealand arrived behind me. And she was, she was in all sorts. She was like, I'm not, I'm not staying with those people. They're so rude. I'm not having fun. I'm not enjoying myself, blah, blah, blah. I want to give this up. I want to throw, throw in the towel. I thought, wow, she's, um, she's going through a bit of strife. And um, I'm thinking, oh, I hope, I, I hope I'm not um, sleeping anywhere near her. And it turns out she was on the bunk below me. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I thought, oh, God, she's going to kill me if I so much as fart my sleep. <laughs> um, but then um, I saw her later on. That we, we separated the next day. And, and um, I saw her later on, and she was a different person. She'd push through that and she was beaming and she was happy and and she told me some of her story later on and and I could understand why she was in in the in the funk that she was originally and then I bumped into her at the very end uh, near the pilgrim's office and she was just transformed she was saying how she was going to um to to do to do more Caminos, how she'd now found a new focus for her life and she was going to go on and, um, and focus on uh, people with um, like suicidal people and, and depression because she had her own story. And um, she was the biggest transformation I saw. She went from wanting to throw in the towel to, to yeah, just changing her whole perspective on life. It was, it was incredible. Tell us the uh, nuts and bolts. Uh, how heavy was your pack? Um... I tried to stick to the rule of thumb of uh, 10% of your body weight, but I, I think I was actually under that. I, I think my pack was about five or six kilos, thereabouts. And tell us about the sights and sounds. Well, how do you explain to people the sights and sounds of the Camino? Uh, definitely the clacking of my poles. Um, yeah. People in front of me always knew when I was coming because I had a very signature click apparently um i'm quite a fast walker so I'd, they'd hear me overtake them and yeah so i got a got the name of the uh, mountain goat um <laughs> and, but yeah there's the there's the bells of the cattle and um the bird song and i'm a bit of a bird nerd so i love looking up and seeing the birds soaring overhead and um just just the chatter of pilgrims laughter sharing stories it was um very much a part of it and that's why i I'm glad I made the choice not to listen to anything because I would have missed that otherwise. Did you see vultures? Um, if I did, I couldn't identify them, but I certainly saw some birds of prey soaring above. Yeah, yeah. I saw vultures up in the Pyrenees. Okay. Yeah, no. it was quite quite breathtaking because we don't get them here in Australia. No, exactly. It was, but, um, it was amazing. My Pyrenees journey was just fogged in, so I didn't. If they were soaring overhead, I, I couldn't see them. I was in them. 10 metre bubble basically so yeah. I know yeah. so what year what time of the year was it uh, April May right yeah okay April May of 2017 yes uh, no 2018 2018 so did it snow in Burgos um, not in Burgos but I was told as I was heading to um, not the other not uh, not Villa Franca or is it Villa Franca yeah not Villa oh no Villa de Mazarif um, they told me that there was snow ahead in Fonsabadon, so I was expecting maybe snow on that day, or uh, but there was none when I got there. But in saying that, when I reached Fonsabadon, the places had uh, one place had a roaring fireplace, and so it was kind of 
one day I was in shorts sweating. The next day I was sitting by a fireplace. It was just, yeah, total, total opposite. So yeah. I experienced, um, yeah, every every climate basically. Yeah, we, we saw we, when we shot the video. You can see the footage in the video. It's snowing in Burgos in April. Mm. Was, like, full was, snow. There was still snow on the pass on the Pyrenees, but um, it was pretty light. What about the food, the wine, the culture, the Spanish? I, I love it. Um, I, yeah, wherever I could, I was at a bar stuffing pinchos into my face and sinking an ice-cold Estrella. Um, yeah, whatever was there, I, I tried everything. Well, on my first one, I tried um, cow's tongue, uh, which I'd never had before and probably won't have again. But um, whatever there was, I, I was willing to try it. And, um, yeah, I just I love the food. And, and the, the wine's so cheap and it's so good and mostly a beer drinker. Um, and, yeah, I must say there's nothing more refreshing than a big chara or hara of um, ice-cold Estrella at the end of the day. Yeah, now you're talking. Yeah. Now you're talking. Tell us a Camino story. Oh, Camino story. Um... Oh, jeez. Uh, Bly, Captain Bly is probably my best one. Um, oh, what else can I tell you? Jeez. Um, trying, to, trying to rack my brain here. I don't know. I can't think of one at the top of my head. I've got plenty of them, but just can't. Um... Yeah, that's always the way, isn't it? Well, let me ask you a question. And maybe we prompt something. Your favourite albergue? Um, Grañon. Grañon, yeah. The um, parochial, I think. Uh, the, the ch- the one, it's in the church, and it was... It's um, upstairs and attached to the church, and you get there, and it's by donation. And um, did you sing? I did. I um, I sang the national anthem. Uh, <laughs> I think I said on my blog because I said, "Oh, you got to sing an Australian song." I was almost going to do the Angels. Am I ever going to see your face again? And um, get them to do the call and response. But um, but thought against that. I uh, thought better of that. So um, yeah, so I did did the national anthem, and I was all by myself. And I don't have the best voice. So I was not. not too much room to hide um but yeah had uh, had the communal dinner there and did the meditation and it was just it was fantastic and then um in between checking in and and preparing dinner there was the bar across the road where um i think it was called my way or the way and i was sitting in there and i was in the bar the way drinking a beer while i was on the way and then Sinatra's My Way came on the jukebox, so it's like, yeah, there's, there's no denying I'm on the way. It's um, pretty obvious. Um, but yeah, I met, met a couple of um, a couple of people in that um, in that intersect oh, in Grignon that I then walked with for a few days, and um, yeah, we had we had an absolute ball. I'm sitting here uh, with Garth uh, underneath the Harbour Bridge. There's, there are trains you can hear rattling above us. There's the ships going past, the ferries out on the harbour, making their way from Circular Quay past the Sydney Opera House and Dave's about to go and this afternoon take people on tour of the rocks and it's a pub tour right yeah you call me Dave I have as much no no <laughs> Dave's as part of oh. Dave's pub tours oh. sorry Garth no it's alright I've got to say that's my second name basically. right right <laughs> and what you can't see what you can see in the video but what you can't see uh, here because it's a podcast is you have a little yellow arrow oh, yep, on I the see. side of your cap yeah, um, so on these pub tours they're largely tourists who want yep. to see the oldest part of Sydney mm-hmm. do you get many responses from people saying hey the arrow I, I sure do actually um, last week I had uh, a lady who was from Madrid and she said yeah I've done the Camino so we got chatting and um, a couple of weeks before I was um, had a had a girl on the tour from the States um, and she said oh yeah I did the Camino but I, I did it in winter so I was really interested in that and asked her a lot of questions 
Um, I've had a lady who said, yeah, I did the Norte backwards. Uh, she says, don't do that. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so it comes up every now and again. And um, all the walking around the rocks was good training for the, um, for the actual Camino itself. So a lot of uphills and upstairs and working the leg muscles. Yeah, the rocks has some great stories to tell too, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah, for sure. And um, if anyone's in Sydney, come on a Dave's tour. Um, you'll see me. I'm pretty pretty noticeable. I've got a big beard, glasses, and um, Dave emblazoned all over me, so you can't miss me. But um, yeah, I'd love to love to chat about the uh, Camino over a beer, that's for sure. A yellow arrow tucked under the yeah, side yeah. of your cap too. Exactly. Pilgrimage is often conducted with a votive intention, so performed or undertaken in consequence of a vow. Was there now, in hindsight, a vow? Hmm. Um, well, I made the vow to, on the first Camino to come back and, and do the rest of it, so there was, there was that part of it. Um, but, no, I, I can't say there was any deeper vow. There was the intentions that I, that I talked about earlier, and, and, to, and there were some questions I had in mind as to yeah. and I had intention, uh, like the intention to, to ponder. Um, so, well, I guess you could say that was a vow to... to commit myself to, to thinking about that so so yes and no I guess I went both sides of the fence there but um yeah. but yeah yeah what about um a favorite place if I could drop you one place back on the Camino Frances where would it be Albergue would be Gragnon um walking stretch would be um from um Villafranca to to Samos and and on to to Saria I, I really love that stretch yeah yeah I love that stretch too one word to sum up the Camino de Santiago for you? This is a hard one. Um, I'm going to go with simplicity. But simplicity turns out it's a lot more complex because it's, it's not, there's so much more to it. Um, it's simple in that you just have to get up, pick up your pack, walk, worry about what you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep, that kind of thing. But in its simplicity, it, it also helps you reconsider and realign your views on a lot of things like what what makes me happy or, or um, what do I need to be happy so whilst it's simplicity um, is, is the word I'm choosing it it's a lot more than that I guess I, I'll put it that way it makes perfect sense but is there a secret you learned a tip something that you learned you thought oh I'm gonna that's a good tip for a pilgrim a, uh, something that listeners might take with them uh, one thing that struck me was um, how important a good night's rest is and how much it can repair the body I was quite surprised like there were some days when I was I was in pain and um, uh, actually you asked for a story here's one um, I was in um, a storga I limped into a storga and I was in a lot of pain but um, I love the um, Gaudi's uh, Episcopal Palace yeah. there and it's the most beautiful building I've ever been in. And I was in a lot of pain. I thought, no, I'm going to go and see it again because I just love it so much. And um, so I went and checked that out and limped back. And as I limped back to the hostel, Gore-Tex, the brand, had yeah. set up a, um, a pop-up clinic. And I thought, oh, fantastic. So I, I went in there and um, they massaged my, my ankle that was killing me. And um, he went to tape it up with, with this... Um, almost like duct tape or sports tape but the guy come one of his mates came running over to him tapped him on the shoulder and said something to him in Spanish and when he said that he put the tape away and just got a bandage so I figured that he told him don't tape his leg because he's quite a hairy gentleman and um, (laughs) if he removes that tape he's going to it's going to be 
akin to waxing. So, uh, so he got the. T- so I think that's what he what he said. Um, I can't be too certain, but um, yeah. So they worked on my ankle, had good night's sleep, and um, woke up the next day feeling sensational. So um, sleep is is um, yeah most important, and and running shorts actually, running shorts of inbuilt underwear. I found they were fantastic. You can you can sleep in them, you can walk in them, you can swim in them. Saves you having to carry around underpants as well. You just have it all built into the shorts. And if it gets cold, you just put the um, put the compression tights underneath, put the shorts on over top, and off you go. So that's another tip. That's a great tip. Yeah, I, I found it really, really good. And a good way because if you're walking April, May, it can get cold, as you said. There's yep. snow on the ground. So yep. that's a good way to just slide the compression tights under the shorts. Yeah, it worked for me. I, I, I took a pair of long pants with me, but never really wore them it was always the compression tights if cold and, and the shorts on top and if it was hot compression tights come off you said now that you're planning another walk with your mum but, but can you see the Camino being part of your life for many years to come oh, absolutely I'm um I've got that many teed up in my head already so Portugal's next and I also want to do the Primitivo and the Inglace on one trip I want to do the Norte um and then I switched Caminos um, this time around in Saria because uh, I'd done the last 100K, so I switched to um, the last part of the Via della Plata at Sanabres, uh, Urense, sorry, and um, did that. And so I met a lot of people on the Via della Plata, chatted to them, and so that's going to be my big um, retirement trip. I've got in my head I'm going to wear my hiking gear to work and take my pack, Bundy off for the day. Catch a catch a taxi to the airport on a plane and fly off. So, oh, so um, so I've got a few planned and over a long period. So, yeah. So, what would you say to someone thinking of walking the Camino de Santiago? Uh, the obligatory do it. Um, if you don't think you're fit enough or or, or whatever, um, I'm probably going to bastardise Tolkien here. I think when I say every journey starts with with a single step or a first step. So, do the zero to 5k apps on your phone get up to a bit of bit of fitness and and head out and do it and definitely don't wear headphones and plug in because you're going to miss the opportunity to talk to your pilgrims and trade stories and just yeah be open to 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 your own thoughts and and your own internal monologue well mate i hope you and t-rex yep thank you (laughs) find what you're looking for congratulations on a wonderful blog camino a go-go uh, and a congratulations on a wonderful journey already and a wonderful future. No, thank you, Dave. Good on you, mate. Great. Thank you. My guest this week uh, is, uh, is Garth Jones, and you can find his writing at Camino Agogo. I'm going to read that quote to you again from the American author Eliane Browning from her book Seasons of Contemplation, a book of midnight meditations. The purpose of a pilgrimage is about setting aside a long period of time in which the only focus is to be the matters of the soul. Many believe a pilgrimage is about going away. But it isn't. It's about coming home. Those who choose to go on a pilgrimage have already ventured away from themselves and now set out in a longing to journey back to who they are. Many a time we believe we must go away from all that is familiar if we are to focus on our inner well-being because we feel it's the only way to escape all that drains and distracts us, allowing us to turn inward and tend to what ails us. Yet we do not need to go to the edges of the earth to learn who we are only the edges of ourselves. Sing loud and dance like no one's watching. Shine on, pilgrims. I'm Dan Mullins. Until next week, Buen Camino. 
Somewhere along the way Somewhere 